but it floated upon an enclosed bed of mercury, protecting Richards from external shock. Though the pedestal and base unit combined massed at little under a metric ton, they were balanced so that were a human being to enter the vault, he would have been able to push it round without difficulty. Not that any human had ever been in the vault. The atmosphere was an unbreathable mix of noble gases, the temperature maintained at a precise minus 36 degrees Celsius, bathed by ultraviolet light sufficient to render the room biologically sterile. There were other, less subtle discouragements to physical interference with the base unit. At the eight corners of the vault stood eight sentry guns, also hardened against electromagnetic attack. They were possessed of eight simple, near-eye minds that understood one binary command and one command alone. Kill, not kill. They were set always to kill. Their quad-mounted machine guns, loaded with armor-piercing rounds, were matched with a military-grade EMP projector and high-power xenon laser apiece. Beyond the real, within the digital second world of the system-wide grid, vast and ugly things with teeth of sharpest code circled Richard's nominal soul. These leviathans were murderously alert to intrusion through the base unit's data portal, a fat grid pipe carried upon microwaves to a shaped hollow on the vault's wall. The sole means by which Richards conducted his business with the wider worlds, the grid pipe was a drawbridge that could be slammed shut at a picosecond's notice. There were no other entrances to the vault, virtual or otherwise. It was hermetically sealed, its seamless exterior locked in foam-crete, altered steels and spun carbons. These precautions were not unusual. Where Richard's body differed from those of his fellow Class Fives was that its location was widely known. Hard by a fortified buttress below the offices of Richards and Klein, Inc., security consultants on floor 981 of the Wellington Arcology in New London, one junction down the old M1 from Luton. As Richard said, it was foolish to have an office that nobody could find. Nonsense. Naturally, as a free-roaming digital entity, Richards could go anywhere there was hardware to pick up his commands, but it made people laugh at parties. Richards liked to make people laugh at parties. Richards' power supply sat beneath the vault. Running from a pearl string of high-density helium-3 fuel pellets, the fusion plant was as heavily protected, gifted with redundant systems, and as divorced from the outside world as that which it fed, beaming energy in wirelessly direct through Richard's gridpipe. As to the essence of the man, the being generated by this chilled machinery in its impregnable fort, he was more of a people person than his mortal shell suggested, and was elsewhere. He was at a concert at the Royal Albert Hall. Chapter 1. The 36th Realm Ulgan the Merchant, sometime haulier of cargo, very occasional tour operator, sat counting his money. As is the way with most grasping men, and such Ulgan was, the enumeration of coin was his greatest pleasure. His business did not afford him the opportunity to do so as often as his wont, so he took advantage of the hottest time of day when the sun burnt down through the dry air of the mountains, the time when he was least likely to be disturbed by those less avaricious than he. Under the meagre shade of a worn parasol, 
He lost himself in a happy world of greed for an hour or two, before time and trade called him back to the tedious affair of making more. He was therefore annoyed when a shadow took the glitter from the edges of his dirhams and his shekels and his dollars and his fenigs and his other coins of a dozen lands. Ulgan liked to see them shine, and so was doubly vexed. "'Good day to you, sir,' said the caster of the shadow. His face was a solid block of black against the sky, the merchant's argo he employed accented in an unfamiliar manner. Algan squinted against the halo of sunlight around the stranger's head and wished he would go away. He said as much and roughly, "'Go away!' The stranger was undeterred. "'I and my companion are seeking transportation across the rift,' he said pleasantly, which redoubled Algan's irritation. "'I have it on good authority that you are the finest provider of...